Boom. All right, ladies and gentlemen, get ready for an episode filled with insight, empowerment, and a profound impact on the world of tech and entrepreneurship. So stay tuned. Let's get this one started. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. Look, a business can give you everything you want in life. Prestige, wealth, freedom. It can also take everything away from you. This show is for those who are willing to take that risk. These are the real-life stories of entrepreneurs. But before we start, I have one small favor to ask. Please leave a comment. It can be advice, critiques, tips, feedback, or share this with someone because your engagement is the most valuable and most powerful form of social currency. So thank you, and welcome to another episode of Business Bros! Business Bros, today we have a remarkable guest on the show, a pioneer tech entrepreneur and leader in information security. Her journey from crypto logic mathematician to building startups with IPOs and acquisitions is a true inspiration. In this episode, we'll explore the dynamic world of information security, the challenges and triumphs of being a woman in STEM and entrepreneurship, and gain insight into what it takes to build not just business, but a high-performing team. So get ready for a conversation with, uh, filled with wisdom, resilience, and the art of strategic risk-taking. Let's welcome to the show, Miss Sherry Shannon to the show. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Looking forward to this conversation. It's exciting. All right, let's do this. Uh, I always like to start off with uh, the most obvious question first. Everyone who comes on the show is promoting something. There's something that they're doing that they need they, they need to get their message out. They need to talk about what it is that they're doing. Maybe it's something they do for a living, a product they sell, a service they offer. What is it that you're promoting here today? I am in particular promoting women, helping women, and funding uh, startups. And I, I've been on the soapbox for a little bit. Uh, about the past year, and it, I think it's very important. There's been a study that was just published this year that says that if women stepped up to invest, angel invest, like men have in the past, we could add $4.3 trillion to the venture capital for startups. So I'm, I'm, uh, I call to action for all women of all ages to become involved with angel investing. I think there's a there's a huge impact that women make in the world and we don't really kind of point a finger at it. I feel like it's always been a, a very much a, a gender guideline. You do this, you do this, we're separate. But there's so much value that a woman can bring to the table. And you're right, we're just not getting enough uh, VC money or or even attention, I think, in that direction. So let me ask you, of, of the women that are out there, there's always those two sides, the ones that want to work, the ones that don't want to work, the ones that want to grow a career and make something huge. Um, and just like the guys, there's other ones that don't want to do that very much. So when you're targeting specific women, what's the mindset of a woman that you want to go after that maybe has it inside them, but hasn't really got that spark lit for them yet? Well, as you said, there's two sides of it. There are people who want to be entrepreneurs and start and start companies. But think, as you said, think about the other people out there, you out there, who don't want to start a company. You don't want to take that much risk, but you would love to participate in some way. And being an angel investor is a great way to do this because you can be a part of something that's risky, of course, but the upside is huge. 
and you can also be helping other women. Yeah, and and the the cool thing is you don't have to always as a venture capitalist or as an investor you don't have to be in that day-to-day stuff you you don't have to be worrying about what sales quotas are going to make it's just something that you're able to do and support uh, other people other women other like-minded individuals to help them achieve their dreams that's super cool let me ask you about your your educational journey um how did you get to where you are today i have a lot of high school seniors in class and i always like to hear people's stories because they might not always be the traditional out but you know where you're at today came from from something as far as education you have that stem you have that mathematician background tell me a little bit about that well it started when i was quite young I, my father who was uh, a construction worker wanted to become an electrical engineer uh, and he started doing correspondence courses in those days it wasn't online it was mail you, you received the coursework by mail you completed it and then you smelled it back and then you was graded and etc. You continued on that way. When I was about maybe eight or seven or eight years old, I started working through these these booklets that my father would get. And so I was doing the math problems, the arithmetic problems at that age. And so when I was in the fifth grade, there's a standardized test. I grew up in Franklin, Ohio, uh, just uh, south of Dayton. And uh, I scored 10th grade level at fifth grade. And so that told me at that time that I had, I I enjoyed it. I had some inclination for it and I could learn more about it. And so when I went on to junior high and high school, I had all female math math teachers, which is unusual. Uh, But yet each of them encouraged me so much, taking time, tutoring me, to prepare me for uh, university when we did, my high school didn't offer all the prerequisites that I needed. So I had help along the way, uh, uh, inclination to, uh, towards uh, mathematics to mathematics, but also I enjoyed it. So I think all of those things combined led me to finally, uh, you know, to university where I uh, studied mathematics, but I also went on in graduate school and then I had an opportunity to work using mathematics other than teaching, which is a great career too. But I found a career that allowed me to use the core mathematics that I learned. So let me ask you, you, you had that inclination, you were good at math, you were able to find a career path that helped you excel at the thing that you were good at, that you loved doing. Why venture into starting an entrepreneurship? Like, why, why go that route? That is the probably riskiest thing you could have done, especially after taking all those calculated risks. I mean, someone who, who's in math has already taken all those calculations and realized this is probably not the safest bet, but I'm going at this anyway. Why start an entrepreneurship? Well, what I did was I was I worked for the U.S. government as a cryptologic mathematician, which was, as I said, such an interesting career. And I want to encourage everyone, cybersecurity and information security is vital to almost every industry. There are a lot of jobs out there in this area. But when I graduated from uh, graduate school, there weren't as many jobs. So I was trailblazing in, in in a specific area. But the good thing was that I was able to use mathematics. I was at the US government for six years. And during that time, I I had the opportunity to work on so many projects, 
but they were all classified, so I can't talk about them. But I, uh, I ended up in this office, which I really enjoyed. And my boss's boss told me one day, he said, Sherry, you're going to have to move on from this office to move up. I received two promotions in the two years I was there. And he just said, you need to, you're going to have to move on. And I thought, well, if I have to move on, I'm going to move on. So I was working with a couple of companies in California, Silicon Valley. And I thought, I will just talk with one of them. Now, why did I do that? Because I believed in myself. I wanted to take that risk. And I also knew I could sell. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to become a salesperson and I am going to control my own financial destiny. So yes, it was risky. Of course it was. But I felt that it was worth the, taking the chance on me. Yeah, yeah. And that's the whole thing, right? If you're going to gamble on something, gamble on yourself. There's a there's a wealth of information that you've learned. There's a, a skill set that you've acquired. But also along the way, uh, you've had a lot of mentors guide you in, in different directions. You talked about your teachers early on giving you that extra tutoring that helped to kind of get you to university level. Uh, you literally were talking about your bosses over here saying, hey, it's time for you to move on, go on and do something else. If you were going to give advice to young people today who are getting started, uh, going to graduate high school and go on into the world, uh, now as a mentor yourself, as an experienced individual, what would what advice would you give them today? Ask ask for help. Ask ask for mentoring. Ask for for things. Don't be afraid to ask. And I guess that's really one of the things I have to tell myself this every day. Although I'm a self person, I became a successful entrepreneur, I still have to remind myself, ask for help. You don't have to do it all. And even when I was in high school and I talked to my senior uh, mathematics instructor and I said, you know what, I'm missing this prerequisite. Um, and I asked and she tutored me. I didn't pay her. She offered her time, her, her, of course, it's her time and her energy to do that. So being willing to ask people for help will open a lot of doors for you. you they may say no. That's okay. They say no. Uh, but they may say yes. But when you do ask, be clear about what you want to achieve with this. Say, I, I, wanna, I want you to tutor me for, for three months. But you've gotta, you have to be uh, very clear, I believe, because otherwise it's, it's, not, it's not clear in your own mind and it's also not clear in the individual's mind what the time commitment is because everybody's time is quite valuable, sometimes more than even money. So yes, go. please don't hesitate to even reach out to me. I would love to hear from, from you. And if there's a way I could connect you with other people, I like to connect people to people because sometimes I don't have the time or the energy or the skills or maybe the background in what you're, look, uh, you have, your need. So I can connect you with people. And isn't it uh, strange uh, to be a successful salesperson? You need to be able to ask the questions to be a successful, almost anything you need to be able to ask for help. It's that sense of vulnerability almost where you don't know what you don't know. You're always afraid of maybe making a mistake, uh, falling flat on your face. And that's kind of okay. That's part of that learning process. And you got to be able to kind of get over those things 
if you're ever going to make any change in your own life, uh, life is that risk, that gamble that you're taking. You're betting on yourself. But at the same time, you have all these resources, especially today with, with the involvement of the Internet. You have access to people and their and their knowledge more than you ever did any uh, any yes. other time in your life. Yes. And, and being and being, as you said, vulnerable, just saying, you know what? I don't know everything. <laughs> Yeah, no, nope, no one really does, but there's some people who act like they do. But the whole thing is that that's even like building a team, uh, building a company, building a culture within that company. It is about yourself being vulnerable. Uh, and I, I have made many mistakes. I have failed. I talk about my successes in entrepreneurship, but I've had failures. I was fired as a CEO uh, at, a, at a startup. Uh, I... And that company later went out of business. Yay. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, I had some money in it, so I wasn't happy that they went out of business. But the whole thing, though, is that uh, is to say, yeah, you know, I need help. I, I need I need you as a team. I'm I may be the leader, but I'm not I'm I'm just I'm not playing all the instruments. I'm not the whole band and I need the whole band playing together. Uh, using their skills. So I think that one of the many uh, uh, qualities or characteristics of a leader is uh, number one, uh, vulnerability. Yeah, you gotta you gotta humble yourself. I think those are some of the best leaders. When they're the ones that will follow into battle necessarily, right? The ones that are kind of preachy and and are doing everything that they're supposed to, but they don't really care about their team or or the people that are around them. Uh, not necessarily the type of people you want to follow into battle. Uh, and and don't get me wrong, it's 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 fun to have a good culture in your company, but at the same time, you know, as a leader, you're putting out fires all day long, so it is a battle all the time. Uh, let me ask you about uh, some of these great stories that you have when you've been helping people uh, grow their businesses, get the capital necessary, uh, especially for some of these these women-based businesses. What are some that stand out in your mind as big success stories in your, in your history so far? Uh, wow, that's, that's a good question. I would say the most successful have been the ones that I've been involved with directly. Uh, I have had, I've started doing angel investing in a fund right now that is for women founders. We are just getting started. Uh, so it's not, I'm not, I can't talk to you about the, the victories there yet, but I have uh, been around a lot of uh, women founders and encouraged them through other means, maybe not necessarily investing at that time. As I said, I'm doing it now. I haven't always because I, I wanted to build up my own portfolio, meaning my own skill set. And I uh, did invest. I invested in maybe 10 startups besides the ones that I have. But at that time, there were only men. And that's mm. interesting. Today, there's more women founders. So there's more opportunities to, to uh, in, invest with women founded companies. 
Is there a specific industry that you're kind of looking for when it comes to investments? I know a lot of investors get really technical, uh, really specific for the type of businesses that they want to put their capital into, mainly because you hear it over and over, people invest in what they know. So is there a specific industry that you're kind of focusing on? Obviously, women-owned, but in, in a particular field? Yes, and and I mentioned information security, cybersecurity. So I have recently invested in a cybersecurity startup in Toronto, and uh, a woman-owned, uh, founded company. And, and and because I know that area, that's my area of expertise. I'm currently running a company, Profound Impact. We are a data analytics and AI-based solution. We are software as a, uh, software as a solution provider. Uh, so I know more about that, but, but my, but my core, I mean, how many years have I been in this industry, uh, is information security. So I, I look to that because I know the most about it, but it doesn't mean I would not invest in other things, even like a makeup, uh, business that I have invested in. So it is possible, right. That I'd go that way, but when it comes to technology, um, of course, the good thing about it, as you mentioned, there's so much information out there. You can quickly come up to speed in an area. It doesn't mean you're an expert in that area, but you can at least be knowledgeable about what uh, the technology is behind the, the company that you're interested in. But as I said, I, co I keep going back to my information security foundation. Let me ask you, we're living in some uh, turbulent times in the world right now, and I feel like cybersecurity is one of those places where we're very vulnerable, and I don't think we quite understand how dangerous it is where, where we could, it could be detrimental to a business. It could be detrimental to our national security, and it could, it could really hurt us without a bullet even being fired. How do you feel um, as far as where the state of the world is and how important it is to have some of these cybersecurity places, uh, things in place. I think it's very important. And I think it starts with the individual. Most cybersecurity threats, many, I won't say, many of them uh, are insider. There's an individual who does something that they're either, well, many times unintentionally. You, you, you click on that link you shouldn't have, or there's malware, a virus, and it, uh, it, it invades your company's internet. So a lot of this comes back to the individual and your own digital hygiene, your own security. And there are tools out there. I mentioned the, the company that I've invested in, Protexa. That's a company you can go in and log in and they will give you, you, you give them information and they'll give you, you know, it's like your credit score, but it's your your information, your vulnerability on in, in the cyber world. So I think it's very good for individuals to do that. There are other uh, sites similar to that that you can go that are free that you can can figure out. Am I vulnerable? What am I doing? Uh, I have, yeah, my 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 name's being used. My identity's been stolen. You need to be proactive, just like you would for your credit score. You need to be proactive in doing this. That sets you up as an individual that to when you're within a company to then take extra steps there. But many of this, many of these uh, attacks start at the personal level. 
Yeah, and it's it's scary. Even some of the big companies, the most recent one that had a big name was MGM's major hack. Uh, and they got in so apparently through like a LinkedIn individual. They, they went through LinkedIn, communicated with someone in their IT department, wham, bam, and they shut them down for quite some time, millions of dollars a day in costs for MGM to be able to do stuff like that. And, you know, when we see stories like that, for, for the average day-to-day person, we're like, yeah, they got the big guy. But we're kind of at the same time not understanding the individual vulnerabilities that we have ourselves with so many different social platforms, with so many different ways that they're, that they're gathering data and information on us. Uh, what should a 17-year-old be worried about today to avoid any of these, or as best they can, these identity thefts, these uh, clones of themselves, these opportunities that that could really devastate them when they go out into the job market they go out in the future trying to make something of themselves haunted by some of these things that they've done in their past well as i said i I, i've done a lot of silly things in my life that i didn't think were silly at that time and i look back that was the, the good thing that was before social media many of them so i don't i didn't post anything about those things i think just be be cognizant be you know, think about what what you're posting, and think about. Um, I know there's a there's. It's easy to get caught up in conversations on social media at times. It's okay to express your opinion, but think about what you're posting because it's really it's quite interesting that out there in the cyber world, there's it doesn't seem to be a delete button. So everything you say and do is forever, and it's like oh wow. I, I'm glad I didn't have social media <laughs> when I was younger because Damn. some of the things I did, I don't really want people to know about. And uh, <laughs> anyway, so I think about, just think about it. Like, do you, and what, what would your, so you're 17, what would your 30 year old say about, about this action? And you think, oh, well, wow, that's really boring. But just think that, as I said, there's, uh, it's very difficult to delete from the cyber world today. Oh, it exists forever. You somebody gets a copy, a screenshot, it's over, it's there. Um, as a company, uh, I feel like everybody is trying to be more efficient, trying to get better at their craft, at what it is that they do. Uh, Sherry, is there is there something that you feel you're working on to improve so that you can get maybe more capital coming in, maybe uh, more um, education going out into the public. What is it that you're trying to become more efficient at in your business today? Well, I'll just talk about what our solution is. And uh, okay, I'll just tell you, the, I'll set the stage for you. There are between $300 billion to $500 billion of global research money available. Now, research, that means federal, provincial, state foundations are providing funding for, for uh, fundamental and breakthrough research. Okay. There's 8.1 million researchers. There's hundreds of thousands of industries that need that research money to do this research that we as a society needs to happen. We have huge problems that we're facing today. Climate change, diseases, all of this, we need this money. And it's estimated that today, a third of that money is, is squandered or not mm. utilized correctly. That's $150 billion, billion a year that's being wasted. So my company provides a solution using an AI and machine learning to match 
researchers and district partners with funding opportunities to make sure that it's a good match, that it makes sense that the people are, are the experts in this area and they can do this research. So we're using AI for good to make, make the process more efficient and try to eliminate some of this waste. That's the best way to do it. Using AI machine, machine learning, it's the world that we're living in. It thinks a little bit faster than us. It compiles that data and it'll give us a good idea of where to go. You're using it to kind of match these people together. I think that's a win for sure. Uh, where do you see the vision of your company going here in the next few years with the emergence of AI as more of a mainstream thing, with more women coming into the into the entrepreneurship space, more women-owned businesses, more opportunities with uh, cybersecurity as we become more of a digital age? Where do you see the future of your company? And, and becoming more efficient and not just uh, in this area of uh, research funding matching, but taking it to the next level of you know, there's a lot of intellectual property out there that's not being utilized. We've spent you know, a lot of money, somebody has along the way, to file all these patents just to be able to, again, use AI to really get into that intellectual property and then match it with individuals that want to start a company, that want to utilize that within their company. I think we we have, a, there's so much out there. But we, it would, it would be good to be able to utilize, to be able to really get to what's already been developed, and also as we move forward and develop new technologies and uh, file more patents, we can make sure that they're being utilized. So I can, I can see us doing that. I can see us doing other things that matching. We don't, we don't do dating. We don't do it. We're not a dating app. But everything else we can match. <laughs> so, you know, get get uh, you, know, uh, you know VCs that need uh, their need funding for their for um, non dilutive funding for their startups. We can do that for them. So there's many ways and many things we're gonna we are we're planning to do. Uh, and I, I I want to build a company. I want to build. Uh, I built successful companies and sold them. I'd like to see this one carry on longer as my legacy as I retire and somebody else steps in this role of president and CEO. I'd like to see that. That would be great to see it, you know, to be uh, one of the unicorns. And uh, I, I, uh, I have that vision for the company. That's awesome. Uh, and by the way, I think you would do very well at matching in the dating space too. If you use the same data, it's just not your forte. I get it. I get it. We're matching. Uh, we're matching VCs here with, with potential business owners. So yeah. that's we'll stick to what we're good at. Uh, Sherry, thank you very much for being on the program today. If anybody wants to reach out to you, they want to find out more information about what it is that you do, you offer your mentorship. How can they do that? They can contact me at through LinkedIn. Uh, that's probably the best way. Uh, or you can send me an email at shannon at profoundimpact.com. Go to our website. Uh, yes, I would love to uh, speak with any anyone who wants to reach out to me. Awesome. Shannon, thank you very much for coming on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, you got to make a profound impact. And literally, Sherry's doing that 
helping women grab that capital that they're looking for to take their businesses to the next level, matching people using AI and uh, smart tech. And of course, we talked about that cybersecurity. Make sure you're protecting yourself out there because it could be a huge threat. You don't want to have a clone you doing things you didn't want it to do in the first place. So Sherry, thank you very much for coming on the program today. One more time, ladies and gentlemen, her website is profoundimpact.com, profoundimpact.com. And thank you very much for taking the time out of your day to be on the show today. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace. And we're out. It's over. Go home. Is your business in need of marketing? Try starting a podcast, but not just any podcast, podcast like a pro. We can show you how to take your business from being invisible to becoming a brand people trust. Go to www.businessbros.biz to get started today.